Good morning, everyone. This morning's title is Broken Nut. Broken Nut. Um, I was, several years ago, I was invited to speak in the Philippines. And uh, my friend said, when you go there, I should really go snorkeling. You know, it was, he said it was one of the most beautiful and clear waters. But I hated snorkeling. <laughs> Why? Because I have a very poor vision. So, even with goggles, you know, when I put goggles on, I have to take, my, take off my glasses. I can't see a thing, you know, so I really didn't enjoy anything. Only thing I see just is run into things and run into rocks and... But he said, you know, um, you can't get a prescription goggles. So, Lord, a prescription goggle. And what a difference that made. I went to this place called El Nido, Palawan, Philippines. And I snorkeled. I'm sure some of you are kind of surprised that I actually snorkeled, right? But with that prescription lens, I realized there really were fish in the sea. <laughs> Beautiful fish. I had a wonderful, wonderful experience. So what made the difference? It was the prescription goggles. This morning, um, Luke 5, 1 to 6, it says, I'm not going to read everything, but it says, when Jesus had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Peter, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. Now, what was the net breaking? Was it because there were too many fish? Or was the net not strong enough for the amount of fish? Well, we know at this time, that was in Luke 5, at that, time, at that time, we know that Peter was not a converted man. 
Because we can see in uh, Luke 22, 31 and 32 says, The Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy fail that that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. So Jesus said, you're not converted yet. But when you're converted, strengthen thy brethren. And what did Jesus also says? say? He says, I have prayed for thee. God calls the unconverted and prays for them to be converted so they can minister to others. Without Jesus' prayer, we have absolutely no chance. There's a very, if you look at Revelation 8, 3 and 4, it says this, Then another angel having a golden censer, came and stood at the altar. He was given much, it says much incense, not just a little bit, it was much incense, that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints ascended before God from the angel's hand. Altar of incense. The purpose was our foul-smelling prayer is mixed with the sweet-smelling incense of Jesus' prayer. Aren't you glad that Jesus prays for and with us. He's praying for you right now. And when we pray, he prays with us. Because we, our prayers, they, our prayers, they don't really smell that good. It has to be mixed with the incense with Christ, Christ in the incense. You know, there was, a, um, there was a concert. A master pianist was coming to perform. The entire auditorium was filled. On the front row sat a mother and her five-year-old son. The curtain opened. Piano sat in the middle, to the mother's horror, her five-year-old son ran up the stairs and sat on the piano bench and started to play Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star, out of tune. As the embarrassed mother ran up to retrieve her son, 
the master pianist doctor and said just stay down and her son is still playing trying to play the master went to the piano and he said to this child keep playing keep playing and what this master did was as this child was playing this he reached over the child and put his both hands on the keys up and down and he started to harmonize with that child's playing with his great skill that twinkle twinkle little star became a symphony because the master added his skills that's what happens when we pray we have to know that a lot of times we pray it feels like it doesn't go anywhere you know it just hits the ceiling comes right down right but you have to understand when you when every time you pray Jesus prays with you it becomes something that is beautiful a concert a symphony now Jesus continued to pray for his disciples you know even after three and a half years with Jesus Peter was still not converted But what converted him? And when you look at Peter, we will know what converts us also. And John chapter 3 gives us the answer. In John chapter 3, is Jesus' experience or his talk with Nicodemus Nicodemus was a Pharisee a ruler of the Jews he came by night and you know I know you know this story Nicodemus said rabbi we know that you are a teacher from God for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Most surely I say to you, unless one is, you guys all know, what? Born again. He cannot see the kingdom of God. So, 
if you're not converted, this is Jesus talking. You cannot see the kingdom of God. And further down he says, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. Okay? Do you remember the story about the serpent? In, okay, I'm not going to go through all that. As, Jesus, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man, that's Jesus, be lifted up, that is Jesus, on the cross. That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So, he says, you have to be born again. How? Is through the Holy Spirit. Born of the water and the Spirit, right? But, what is the tool the Holy Spirit uses to convert us? And this chapter is clear, it is the cross of Christ. That's what the Holy Spirit uses to convert us, the cross of Christ. Desire of Ages, it says, Nicodemus was being drawn to Christ. As the Savior explained to him concerning the new birth, he longed to have this change wrought in himself. But by what means could it be accomplished? Jesus answered the unspoken question. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. So whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That's the tool. Jesus in Gethsemane, that's all part of the cross experience. It started actually on Thursday night in Gethsemane when he bore the sins of the world. Um, I don't know if I told you this story, but um, maybe I did. I like to repeat things. And I forget that I repeated it, so. You know, everybody says when the child is born, they are so cute and everything, you know? I actually absolutely disagree. When the child is born, I don't think they're cute at all. In fact, I think they're ugly. <laughs> you know, when um, my daughter was born, I was expecting this, just the most beautiful child ever born in the history of mankind. When she came out, I was so disappointed. I go, she had this cone head and just, you know, I, now, you know what I do is, I say, you know, if um, 
If anybody says that a child, a, a boy, child just born is cute, I know they're a liar. <laughs> That's for me, you know. Um, you know, I never really got attached to my daughter at the beginning. And um, so, not by purpose, because I had to work. I was in residency. And so during that time, my wife took care of my daughter 24-7, all the time. And she was a few months old. This was Friday. I remember very distinctly. She says to me, my wife says, I need to go to the church and practice for special music. She was playing in a group. She was playing the violin and there were other instruments. So I have to go and practice with these people. Do you mind watching Shana, her, her daughter? I said, sure, no problem. Did you know that was the very first time I watched her? First time. And um, as soon as my wife left, she started crying. Not, no, not crying, wailing. So loudly. It was, she was just crying and crying and I was just getting frustrated. I was trying to feed her and change the diaper. She wouldn't stop. And I put her in the car with the car seat. And I started driving because a lot of times, you know, um, we had experience before where she stopped crying when she's in the car. So I put her in the car and I started driving. I just driving anywhere just to stop her from crying. She wouldn't stop. I drove and drove and drove, probably about 8,000 miles. She wouldn't stop. I mean, it was, I was so frustrated. I said, I can't take this. I got her, I took, it, I took her to the church. And she was, my wife was still practicing, I said, I can't do this. <laughs> Take your daughter. And at that time, I realized something. Here, there is this little, little girl who was only a few months old. She was separated from her mother for the first time in her life after a few months. But this, but this Christ, but cross experience, because sin, because Jesus took, took upon our sins, right? Sin separates us from God because Jesus came, became a sin for us God the Father was being separated 
from his son. For the first time, not in a few months, but in the first time in the history of the universe. First time in the history. And what did Jesus pray? What did he say? My God, why have you forsaken me? He said, why have you why have you been separated? Why are you being separated from me? You know? That was his greatest agony, being separated from his father. They have never, they had never, ever in the history of the universe, for eternity past, first time being separated. You know, um, here was Christ taking the sins of the world, being separated from his Father in this time of intense agony and unimaginable suffering. Peter denied Christ three times, just as Jesus predicted. It says in Desire of Ages 7.12, it says, While the degrading oaths were fresh upon Peter's lips, and the shrill crowing of the cock was still ringing in his ears, the Savior turned from the frowning judges and looked full upon his poor disciple. At the same time, Peter's eyes were drawn to his master. In that gentle countenance, he read deep pity and sorrow, but there was, there was no anger there. Can you imagine that? To be denied by his, his beloved disciple he had absolutely no anger there it says in that pale suffering face those quivering lips the look of compassion and forgiveness pierced pierced Peter's heart like an arrow Once more, he looked at his master and saw a sacrilegious hand raised to smite him in the face. Unable longer to endure the scene, he rushed, heartbroken, from the hall. Now here he is. Here's Peter. He pressed on in solitude and darkness. He knew not and cared not where. At last, he found himself in Gethsemane, the scene of a few hours before 
came vividly to his mind. The suffering face of his Lord, stained with bloody sweat and convulsed with anguish, rose before him. It was torture to his bleeding heart to know that he had added the heaviest burden to the Savior's humiliation and grief. Now here it is right here. On the very spot where Jesus had poured out his soul in agony to his Father, Peter fell upon his face and wished, wished that he might die. That is, he wanted to die to self. He didn't like his old self. When he experienced Christ, he wanted to die and become new, be born again. Just as Peter was converted to the grace and the love of God, we will likewise be converted through the grace and love of God, seen on Christ's, Christ's cross experience. That's the only thing that can really convert us the Holy Spirit. Now I want you all to turn to John 21 verses 10 and 11. This is after Peter was converted. This is after the cross experience. John 21, 10 and 11 says, Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish which you have just caught. Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to land full of large fish, 153. Although there were so many, this time, it says the net was not broken. Before his conversion, his net broke. After the conversion, his net did not break. I believe that the net represents the condition of Peter's and everyone else's here. Christian experience. Broken net, a non-converted. Not broken net, a converted one. Remember, the conversion can only be experienced 
to the Holy Spirit through the cross of Christ. Do you know how many times we have to, we have to be converted? One time, two times, 18 times, 100 times? Paul says, I die what? I die daily. We have to be converted daily. It's not just one time thing. Oh, I was converted in 1984, July 19th at 9.47. <laughs> no, this is a daily experience. You know, Peter went from a fisherman to a truly a fisher of men. You know, um, when we are converted, we want to follow the example of Christ. It's a natural thing. It's not something that, is, that somebody has to force us to do. Conversion to the cross is a naturally, is a natural, we naturally act. We follow the example of Christ. This, this story that I'm about to tell you, I don't know if it's true or not, I don't know, but I heard it from somebody. But this is what I heard. They say it was in many years ago in South Korea. Uh, there was a missionary couple who was driving their car. And um, it was wintertime, snowing. As they were driving, they saw a strange figure on the side of the road. So they went out and saw it, and this there was a totally frozen, dead, naked woman. And they thought, this is strange. It's cold, snowing. Why would this person take off all their clothes? And then, as they were looking at this, they heard something. She was holding all of her clothes. In the middle of that clothes, there was a baby. Still alive. So this couple got the baby and they were so touched they adopted the child and um, when the child was old enough they told this child exactly what the mother did. Did you know your mother saved you by covering you up 
with everything that she had, everything, so you can live. This child was so touched. It was winter time. It was snowing. He told this his uh, adopted parents, "Can you show me, can you, or take me to where my mother is buried?" And so they took him there, and it was freezing cold. But the mother was buried. There was a burial site. The mother who gave her life so he can live. What did he do? This boy started taking off all his clothes. One by one. And here he is, shivering, because he was totally naked. This part, I need a tissue. (laughs) You know, this child said, No tissue? Okay, I'm going to start crying. (laughs) The child said, Mom, Mom, because he was feeling that cold. He said, Mom, I have to say mom many, many times so they can get the thank you. Not tissue, this is somebody's handkerchief. It says, Mom, it was cold, wasn't it? It was cold. When you save me, just like I'm feeling how I'm feeling. It was cold. When a person is converted and they see the love, they want to act like they want to experience what the Savior went through. They follow the example of the Savior. This child wanted to experience what his mother went through to save him. The true followers of Christ will act like Christ. They want to experience 
the things that Christ experienced. When you see the cross of Christ, when you see Christ suffering for our sins up on the cross, for you, for each one of us, how can we not follow him? You know that Cowley Peter before the conversion. After the conversion, he became a totally different person. He was bold. He was willing to die for Christ. You know how Peter died, right? He died on the cross upside down. You know, um, just as the prescription goggles completely changed my experience with snorkeling, Christ, cross of Christ, will change all of us. I like to read this statement. This is my favorite all-time favorite statement from Spirit of Prophecy. It's found in Five Testimonies, page 740. It says this, All the, remember this, listen very carefully, all, all, that means everything, right? All the paternal love which has come down from generation to generation through the channel of human hearts. All the springs of tenderness which have opened in the souls of men. I mean, that is all the love that we have for our children combined from Adam all the way down to last person. If you compare that, I have to read it again. All the paternal love which has come down from generation to generation through the channels of human hearts, all the spring of, springs of tenderness which have opened in the souls of men are but as a tiny rill, that means a tiny stream, to the boundless ocean when compared with the infinite exhaustless love of God. Tongue cannot utter it. Pen cannot portray it. You may med med meditate upon it every day of your life. You may search the scriptures diligently in order to understand it. You may summon every power and capability that God has given you in the endeavor to comprehend and love and compassion of, a, of the Heavenly Father. And yet, there is an infinity beyond. 
You may study that a love for ages, yet you can never fully comprehend the length and the breadth and the depth and the height of the love of God in giving His Son to die for the world. Eternity itself can never fully reveal it. Can you imagine that? We're going to study about God's love for eternity. Yet, as we study the, I mean, eternity itself, it can, can never fully reveal it. What does it tell you about God's love? <laughs> I mean, if we cannot understand God's love even in eternity, Yet as, we, yet as we study the Bible and meditate upon the life of Christ and the plan of redemption, these great themes will open to our understanding more and more. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.